Did you know that you now get to pick between two different types of Grubly Farms Grublies? Grubly Farm now offers Grubly's World Harvest. These grubs are grown all around the world, but never China. Grubly's World Harvest are the same bugs and have the same benefits as the OG Grublies. You'll get stronger eggshells and flashier feathers with both. You get to pick which version you prefer and can even pick one over the other based on your budget. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. The struggle oh. is real. Hey there, Sam. <laughs> Hi, Beth. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Whew, that I had to work for my beer. Did oh, you? It, it sounded like it. That sounded yeah. like that was super difficult. <laughs> it was. It better be good. <laughs> right? <laughs> what are you drinking today? So I just opened a skiddly biddly bop <laughs> by Hook Hearted what? Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Skittily bibbly bop. <laughs> yes. It is a kettle sour ale with raspberry, blueberry, vanilla, and coffee. Ooh, that sounds right up my alley. It smells really interesting. I, I can't wait to try it. I actually I got a little too much foam in it because it's kind of a big giant can. Oh. But the craziest thing about this beer is the label. I had to actually Google who this person was on the label because I wasn't super sure. (laughs) But after some Googling, I'm pretty sure this is David Lee Roth. Oh. And he's wearing a zebra uni suit. (laughs) 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 And there's like flamingos and a palm tree and a sunset and all sorts of interesting things on this (laughs) can. So I just I couldn't even this can art and so thought it was perfect for a minisode (laughs) heck yes so what'd you open over there so i opened a shorts brew internet dating Mm. and it's a goza brewed with raspberry lemon verbena and cucumber and it's a collaboration with Central State Brewing Company, which is why I picked it up. Because I saw that, I was like, then I know it's going to be good. So That's right. And it's a really pretty pink color, too, now that I'm dumping it into my cup. <laughs> Mine's really pink, too. That's funny. We both have pink drinks. Just holding on to summer as long as we can. Yeah, it's like only 70 degrees here today, and I kind of love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. I'm super into September coming up. Yes. (laughs) One day more. (laughs) When this drops, anyways. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So today's drink peep is our friend Kayla W, which is at Honey Creek Homestead over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So in today's mini-sode, we have a couple of can't evens, and we also have a pretty... uh, Pretty promising. I think I didn't read it all, but I skimmed part of it. A pretty relevant and interesting farm story from what I I can gather so far. Yeah. But first, let's start with the can't evens. 
Bev, do you want to go over the first one? Absolutely. So the first one was dropped in our Facebook group by Vanessa Smiley, which is a friend of the podcast. And this was a post shared by Earth to Sky Calculus. And it says, eggs in space. Do eggshells make good spacesuits? <laughs> Young scientist McKenna Nix wanted to find out. So as part of our free lift balloon program for students, we launched two raw eggs to the stratosphere on July 1st. McKenna participated in the launch. The two cage-free poultry products reached an altitude of 34 kilometers, which is 111,550 feet, wow. which we believe is a record for raw eggs. After the balloon popped as planned, the eggs parachuted back to Earth, landing intact in the yeah. Sierra Nevada mountains of Central California. The eggs even survived a second launch. At the moment of landing, they popped out of their holder and flew another 10 feet from the payload. <laughs> Despite tumbling across hard granite, they still did not crack. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, definitely eggshells make good spacesuits. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. And the picture is super cute. It's these eggs, like, in a little, like, in partial space. carton in space. You can, like, see the earth. And, yeah, it's it's a super cool photo. So you guys definitely want to check this out. It's in our group, but there will be a direct link to this post inside the show notes. So you can go see this picture. So good. And for our next can't even... Um, this one technically wasn't marked as a can't even, but I know I couldn't even when I saw when I saw it. It looks like a pretty fantastic farm hack. Now, what you see in this video is what appears to be a snowblower in a, like going into a pile of dirt and blowing dirt into a wheelbarrow. I mean, it's kind of genius. So instead of shoveling, <laughs> they're utilizing their snowblower. Now. I don't know if that's going to do something bad to the snowblower or not. So proceed <laughs> with point. caution. But like instead of shoveling all that, it's like that is some teamwork happening in there. <laughs> well, and what a cool I mean, OK, so yeah, disclaimer again. I don't know what this would do to the snowblower, but to be able to use a machine like that during all the seasons would just be super handy because yeah. like, I don't know about you. It's not that I don't have plenty of space to store stuff because like, let's face it, there's like a place to put all sorts of things around here. But like, I don't know. I don't like parking things and leaving them idle for whole seasons. So yeah. if I could figure out how to like dual purpose something, I'm totally going to do it. <laughs> dual purpose, they do. <laughs> I mean, that is rural folk ingenuity right there. Yeah. I mean, it. <laughs> the description on the original post says just a couple of rednecks loading a wheelbarrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm proud to be a redneck if I can come up with something like that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Some redneck ingenuity. <laughs> yeah. Our next can't even was shared by M Becky Meyer still in our Facebook group. And she said, I hope this hasn't been shared yet, but my heart just exploded. <laughs> and this was a TikTok video from someone named Sophie Hodgson. And what it is, is she had not seen her donkeys 
for a week. And when she went home and called for them, like one of them came running and was like crying as he was running towards yeah. her. It was so sweet. And I think uh, I think that both uh, Katie and I commented on that. And we were like super jealous that our donkeys do not <laughs> seem to love us quite to that extent. I mean, well, maybe one day <laughs> my boys will say hi to me, but they never seem like overjoyed to see me. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, if anything, I always see Jupe behind the fence, like kind of side eyeing me because I feel like he's judging or a little suspicious of everything that we're doing out there. <laughs> oh. So our next one is posted by Katie Montgomery. Um, and she says, uh, our donkey Tina eats shit like this all the time. It's scary when it happens, but not even as dramatic, but she's not as dramatic about it. So what she's commenting on is a post that she shared. And the first thing that catches your eye in this post is that there's this big ass horse just laying on its side. And at first I'm like, is this thing just taking a death nap? Because animals taking death naps is like freaking terrifying. Like it's one of the bad things about having a barn camera and checking in on the goats. Like when they take death naps, you you have like a mini heart attack. Yeah. But I'll read what it says. Um, the original poster said, first of all, she's fine. Just dumb. <laughs> I was standing in the barn Friday afternoon and Cricket was making laps around the pasture when she, her sliding stop didn't go to planned. I watched it happen, y'all. She busted her butt and slid under the fence with one foot resting on the wire. The fence was off. Literally, all that was off kilter. But when she pulled her foot, her shoe caught on the wire and she thought she was trapped. So she died Right then and there, just gave up on life completely and said, may as well get a backhoe. This heifer refused to stand up, eyes closed. No, mom, I is dead. Probably from embarrassment. When I finally convinced her to roll her big ass over and get up, she was she got up holding her leg off the ground like it was broke. You know, the trapped leg. I made her walk and she hobbled four strides before she set her leg down like, oh, I still have a leg there. And then trotted around <laughs> in circles, blowing and snorting from her near-death experience. And the award for most drama goes to Cricket. It's pretty funny because animals can be very, very dramatic. <laughs> yes, they certainly can. It is insane. <laughs> And I saw that story. I loved it. I forgot what day that was shared. But when I read that, I just like made my day better. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> and our last can't even was shared by Lindsay Williamson in our Facebook group. And it says a group of mountain goats have been airlifted by helicopter to a new home after they began harassing hikers. The Olympic Peninsula in Washington contains no natural salt licks, so the mountain goats have started to rely on human sweat or <laughs> urine for salt. <laughs> this leads to conflict between the species. And a hiker was fatally gored by a goat in 2010. Oh, oh my God. gosh. 
they will follow you on the trail until you stop and urinate. And that was from Dr. Patty Hap from the Wildlife Branch, Chief of Olympic National Park. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Could you imagine? Because I would probably think it was kind of adorable, you know, since I, I have goats and I might be like, yeah, it's totally fine. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you like <laughs> stop to go pee somewhere. Oh my God. And then you're fatally, you're gored. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. How big are mountain goats? They're probably I a think lot bigger than big. our Nigerian dwarf goats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'd probably be a little intimidated by and them. And they like, have horns. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, but the photo is really cool. They're like airlifting these goats somewhere else, apparently, to like relocate <laughs> them. And someone had actually commented on this photo in our group. And they said that in their area, they had, they I forgot what year it was, but they had airlifted goats away because they became a nuisance. And the damn things found their way back home, <laughs> like hundreds of miles. And so now they're talking about airlifting them again. And she's like, why? Why? They're just going to yeah. come back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So naughty. They are. Oh, we try so hard to save the wildlife, but sometimes the wildlife doesn't want to be told what to do or where no. to go. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how dare they? How dare they? <laughs> so now we have a farm story. Uh, Bev, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? I'll go ahead and let you read it. Okay. I can do that. That way it's a complete surprise to you. Yes, I love surprises. (laughs) So this one um, starts off by saying, farm story, geese, the hardiest of poultry. That that immediately caught my eye because I have (laughs) geese and I'm like, heck yeah, they are. They're crazy. Um, But she starts off by saying, dear Sam and Bev, I have a farm story to share with you. It's a little embarrassing, but I thought it was important to share because it's about the derecho We live in Iowa, has some good morals and a mistake to learn from, and is just a little funny. So here we go. We had a little warning. It was mid-morning on Monday, August 10th, when I was made aware that there were some storms popping up around us. My family and I made the decision to pull the horses off pasture so they could get out of the rain and into their run-in. It's just started to sprinkle when we realized when we released them into their paddocks, they wandered oh so slowly into their shelter. On the way back to the house, we didn't bother to gather our two Edmden. I don't have these kind of geese, so I don't know how to say that. It starts with an E. Emden? That's kind of my guess. So we'll go with that. They're geese up in their coop and run. It had been nearly a month since it had rained. Every storm, every chance of rain, every single hope of respite for the dryness had broken up and gone around us, no matter how solid the system structure. We expected this cloud to do the same. The chickens were good at staying in the coop in inclement weather, and the geese stood out in the rain whether inside their run or not. So we let them be, expecting a little more than a drizzle. Perhaps 15 minutes passed and we were praising the rain gods. Not only were there those little storms watering our gardens, lawns, and pastures, the front that was coming up behind them was managing to hold together. I took video of raindrops on puddles and much to my amusement, the geese floating in their little blue wading pools completely unfazed by the fat raindrops falling on their backs and heads. They were probably enjoying the rain as much as they were their pools. 
and I'll second that. My geese, I'll, I just let them stay out in the rain, and they it's like they're they're oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with the ducks too. The ducks don't. Oh seem yeah, to the care ducks about the rain. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she continues on, but then the wind came up. All of a sudden, we saw out the window a great haze, billowing clouds clouds of rain swirling by at ridiculous speeds. Our trees bent and shook. Leaves went flying everywhere. We could hardly see the garden and the coop beyond. The wind roared and our power went out. It was the northern edge of the derecho and the geese were nowhere to be seen. I laughed. I hope the geese didn't blow away. But as I thought about it and as the wind continued to blow at gale force speeds, we have never seen here before. I started to wonder, had the geese actually blown away? While our geese are about the heaviest birds one could keep for standard poultry, they were still little creatures, and though they were low to the ground and couldn't fly, their wings would surely work as sails in these powerful gusts. One often hears a bird blown out of the trees by storms. Could the same be true for ground birds? I hoped they had wandered back to the shelter of their run, but I was worried they had been as surprised by the derecho as we were. A wave of worry and guilt washed over me. Why hadn't I locked up the birds? Why hadn't I taken precautions for their shelter as much as for the horses? What if we lost our dear Hans and Greta, the little goslings who like to snuggle up next to us, and nibble at our clothing and shoes, and play in their little pools even in the rain? What if they blew away and got lost or injured and it was all my fault? I tried to reason with myself. It looked like it was going to be nothing but a touch of rain. There were no warnings of the storm. There were no reports of high winds. There was no suggestion that it wouldn't break up just like every other storm for the past 40 days. And the geese didn't care about the rain. Even then, even when we tucked them up in the coop and run, they stood out in the rain anyways, even if it was pouring. So what would it have mattered if they stood out in a little bit of rain? They were happiness in their pools anyways. But what if they were gone forever because I had assumed the least of this storm? The wind died down. As we learned later, we were lucky. None of our trees had blown over in spite of their sickliness. None of our buildings were damaged. We didn't even have that many branches down. The largest we wouldn't find for days and it landed on open grass, crushing nothing in its fall. Our power came back on in a little more than an hour. Here in Iowa, we were the lucky ones. Hundreds of thousands of others had been devastated by this storm in our state alone. We just managed to escape a horrible natural disaster. And as the straight line winds dissipated and the derecho passed, leaving nothing but a normal heavy rain, I looked out the window and there were the geese floating in their pools as if absolutely nothing had <laughs> happened. Relief was followed by mirth. These creatures didn't care a whit if it was pouring down rain. Even if they had blown a little ways away, they didn't seem bothered and simply wandered back to their pools. All they cared about was hanging out in the water. <laughs> the moral of the story? Well, there are a few. One, always lock up your free rangers when weather is on its way, even if it doesn't seem like it'll be more than a shower. You never know when a derecho might blow through. Two, provide your geese with a pool. No matter what happens, they'll always wander back to their pools. And three, geese are the hardiest poultry you'll need. Even my goose book says that they need a little shelter, even in the winter, like an equine three-sided run-in, but tiny. 
Of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with giving them a big fancy coop, but you may find they don't care to use it often. They love being out and about as much as possible. They're the kind of bird that doesn't just wait for the storm to pass. They'd rather dance or swim in the rain. Oh, <laughs> thanks for reading and sharing. Super appreciated your cover- coverage of the derecho damage here in Iowa. It's not getting anywhere near the attention it deserves by national news outlets. Thanks for doing your part and making this disaster known. All the best, Olivia. And you can follow her farm Instagram and she is at maple.ridge.farm. I love that story. Yeah, and you're welcome. I'm so glad that we did cover it, even though we didn't really know what we were talking about. But I agree. I I was a little surprised that it didn't get very much coverage either. Um, And it was super important, you know, that people knew what was going on and what a derecho is, because you never know when you're going to stumble on one, I guess. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, we had a pretty crazy storm here on Friday Mm. night. I was was sitting in the car for it because I was waiting for my son's football game to start because he's in the band. And as I was sitting in the car, I was looking out. I was like, gosh, I wish I was home because I didn't lock (laughs) anybody up because I didn't know there was any storms coming. When I got home, everything was fine, except the garden. Like, everything in the garden got blown over, but we just, like, put everything back up and restapled some things, and it was fine. But, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, when those storms blow in, like, they can get intense. And I'm just imagining the geese, like, with their wings out, trying to go back to their pools, but, like, they can't because the wind's blowing so hard. (laughs) It's kind of a funny uh, vision, but it's a little sad, too. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The struggle. I bet the struggle was real. Or maybe they just sat in their pools the whole time. Who knows? My geese, they're pretty resilient. Yeah. They do whatever the heck they want. So... So make sure that you guys hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. And leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts because we read those reviews on the regular episodes. And when we read your review, you get entered into a drawing for a super cool mug. And do us a favor and share this Instagram post for this episode in your stories and tag at Drink and Farm. We'll send you a promo code just for that episode. And you'll want to do that because you're going to get the promo code. And our September shirt is about to drop. And we're both freaking excited about the new design and you're probably going to be excited about it based on our little focus group in, yep. our, in our Facebook group. Uh, so you're going to want to discount on that. So make sure you do that. And be sure and take a look at the show notes for links to all of the canned evens, our merch shop and some other fun things. Oh, and really quick, uh, one last thing that we don't have in the notes, but this week, because this episode, this mini soda is dropping on Monday, we're doing a Drink and Farm Chick Week just for this week. So we're doing a Woo-hoo. little giveaway on Instagram, giving away a six pack of fall chicks from My Pet Chicken, which I'm super jealous of because I kind of wish I would have done some <laughs> fall chicks. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But also a sweeter heater and a couple of other super cool things. So you want to make sure and go find that post over on Instagram and enter our drawing. Yes. All right. So that's it, guys. We hope you enjoyed this week's mini-sode. And... Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be September, so I hope everybody is doing what I've been doing for the past two weeks and starting to embrace fall, and if you're <laughs> a basic fall bitch like me, 
just enjoy because it's it's here. Pumpkin spice season is upon us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to drink a pumpkin beer for Friday's episode. Ooh. If I remember, I've said it, so that should help. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but the lucky thing is, is we have like two months where, you know, we, ha- we have time to drink all the pumpkin things. I'm pretty sure I could find enough pumpkin beers to drink one for the entire fall season, like through Ooh. the end of November. That mm. sounds like a challenge that yeah. I should try to accept. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. All right. So until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.